0: Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Knollcast uh, thanking our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana. Uh, I use Louisiana Hot Sauce all the time, and I thought I used it uh, about to its maximum use until the past uh, week. And, and quarantine time for me is uh, Louisiana Hot Sauce time. Thankful to them uh, for the leadership uh, that they've given us. Great title sponsor. And as we jump into the second part of our q and uh, I want to start the podcast by tipping our hat to them. And with that, Bud, uh, let's jump back into the questions.
1: Kyle asks, uh, if you could cherry pick and place any three recruits into Tribe 21, who would it be and why? Uh, well, okay, so I initially I was like, well, okay, just give me the top three recruits in the country, no problem. But th- then I kind of thought, all right, like what if you could take some recruits who – fits your specific needs, which is obvious, uh, but also guys who, you know, other schools in your region or your actual like conference are, are competing for. Uh, and, and I came up with, with, with three off the top of my head. And I actually thought about like 12 or 13 guys here, but I just narrowed it down to these three. Uh, number one would be, uh, Leonard Taylor, the defensive tackle out, out of Palmetto. Uh, clearly he's trending to Florida right now, but, uh, you know, if you can keep keep a five star defensive tackle, arguably the number one DT in the nation, away from uh, away from the Gators and get them to your school, that's a huge win for you. It's also a you know you're able to to steal one from a rival, uh, and then the other one is or the other two are just their offensive tackle picks, right? Like that's the one position where like you can legitimately look and say, okay, like does Florida State have anybody who belongs in the ACC at offensive tackle and I think the answer now is yes, but I don't know that they have a whole lot of high-level level ACC guys at this point. Uh, so give me a Marius Mims out of Georgia. He's the guy who—Florida uh, State made his top six, by the way. Uh, I still don't think that—top six, top eight, whatever. It Basically, to me, it's just Bama, Georgia. Maybe LSU slides in there, but uh, if it's not Georgia, I'll be pretty surprised on, on a Marius Mims. Uh, and then J.C. Latham, who's an offensive tackle, uh, who will be— Picking Ohio State over LSU pretty soon, I believe. Uh, but he said he's going to keep his recruitment open. And I went with Latham because I know he already actually has a relationship with Alex Atkins. He's a uh, he's a Wisconsin or Minnesota kid, one of the Great Lakes states. Pretty
0: sure he's Wisconsin. Yeah, he's an IMG kid that's moved down there. Right. Yeah, he's at IMG. He was a DN. Now
1: he's fully embraced playing tackle. But uh, he said he he said he really likes Coach Atkins. So that, that's a kind of a personal connection there. And so I went ahead. And uh, and pick Tim. So those would be my three. Uh, Give me Mims, give me Taylor, and give me J.C. Latham just for positional scarcity and also to steal one uh, from the Gators.
0: Yeah, no, that's brilliant. You're telling me you're getting a a defensive game changer out of South Florida. You're going into Central Georgia and getting a five star offense tackle, and then you're getting a high four star out of uh, IMG from a kid not from Florida. That would be uh, both a great fit from a uh, roster standpoint, but also would display a uh, level of traction on the recruiting trail that would be incredibly impressive. So, yeah, those are three good names. Three great names.
1: All right, so Brandon and Chris asks, uh, with the exception of Clemson and Bama, why is it so difficult for schools to maintain a dynasty? Is it as simple as money? And if not, uh, what can Florida State do in the next three seasons to get to that level? Three seasons, man. What uh, What? What do you got for
0: me? <laughs> you better, yeah, you got three years to get the dynasty cooking. Good luck. Mike Revelle, you're on the clock. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to da- maintain a dynasty because you you really need pieces uh, of consistency there. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, in my opinion, led to the the downfall of, of Florida State's dynasty in the late 90s was when uh, Rick left, he took a really uh, influential strength and conditioning coach with him. Now, that guy would go on to kind of not have the best of days at Georgia, but when he was at Florida State and when he was originally at Georgia – Uh, Dave Van Hallinger was considered the best strength coach or one of the best strength coach uh, in the country. And so when a lot of times you have success, uh, when you have that success pieces leave and they tend to take incredibly, uh, you know, critical parts of your infrastructure with them. That's what's been, uh, you know, fairly unique about Clemson being able to keep everybody. And that's been, what's been unique about Nick is the fact that when he does lose somebody uh, or when he loses a, a, a big piece He's uh, still had some, you know, kind of pillars to fall back on. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Bama does with the loss of their strength and conditioning coach and uh, what that, that ultimately means. But, uh, yeah, everybody's chasing after the same thing. Uh, Brandon and Chris and getting the dynasty's a dynasty is a hell of a hard thing to create, and uh, maintaining one is even more difficult. Um, long-winded here, I'll also point out that when you get into that kind of dynastic phase, A lot of times you get your pick of the litter on the recruiting trail and you get four and five star kids uh, who maybe don't have quite the, you know, the urge to prove themselves. Guys that may think that, uh, you know, it's going to come a little bit easier and kind of lose the culture of the program that was uh, so integral in in building the, you know, the dynasty in the first place.
1: No doubt, man. Some of these kids don't understand, you know, why the program got to be the way it was in terms of on top, and they just assume that it's just it just works that way, you know. The other thing is is the whole change agent, you know, versus maintainer. We we talked about that in the uh, in the first half of this Q and A uh, series, but like it's very hard to find somebody who's a great change agent and a great maintainer, right? I mean, Nick Saban is that guy. Is Dabo Swinney that guy? I think he now is. Was he a great change agent at the time? I, I don't know. Like, they were super patient with him. Like, he didn't kick him into high gear by year or two. There's just not many dudes out there coaching-wise who are awesome at, at both. Like, getting you to that super high level and then also keeping you there. I mean, Jimbo's showing the ability to get a to program to a really, really high level. He's not shown the ability to maintain that, right? Who else out there? I mean, at, we'll see with Ryan Day, right? Like, he kind of took it over. It was already running pretty hot with Urban, and they had a great year last year. I think Ryan Day has a chance to be really good for a long time. It, it, it's it's that, like you said, it, it's assistant coaches leaving, guys like not necessarily having a super deep assistant coach pool they can always go pluck from. I think Saban was unique in that way too, like his ability to evaluate coaches was extremely rare. Which, by the way, I'm not going to put Mike Norvell in that class, uh, but it does seem like he has had a really good track record. So far, of evaluating coaches. Um, Here's something too for you. Like, I think with the transfer portal now, it can make it harder than ever because you might have some kids you take, planning on them working out for you in year three, four, five. Whereas that kid's mindset says, "No, I'm I'm either a year one guy, or I'm bouncing." You know that that's tough. And the other angle I'll throw on this, if, if I can, cutting the scholarships from you know 105 to 85. Is a big deal. It just cuts your margin for error, right? You have a couple of injuries, a couple of busts at, at one position. Now all of a sudden you're 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 taking a loss. In previous years, that loss might have knocked you out of the national title game. Nowadays, maybe not not so much. Like I, I, I want to throw this back at you: Is it perhaps more possible to maintain a dynasty in the playoff era uh, than it was in the BCS or you know bowl coalition era?
0: Well, it it depends. I mean, I, I certainly think and it depends on how you define the dynasty. Is is it harder to win that national championship in the playoff era? Uh definitely. Maybe uh you know, if you find yourself uh in a place like Clemson right now that you know, as long as things don't go, you know, they they, they certainly have the easiest path to it. Uh, that's what I'm trying to verbalize and and maybe that makes it easier for them uh to constantly appear in the in college football's final four and that lets you uh, build a documented level and, and traction that maybe wouldn't have been there previously. But I I think for the downsides of the current system, you had some positives with the with the bowl situation. A lot of those top four finishes that Florida State got uh, were kind of favorable bowl matchups at the end of the year that let you win your game, let you finish four, uh, let you have um, you know some some boosted creed when you went out on the uh, on the recruiting trail. So I think both models have their their pluses and minuses. And uh, regardless of which one you're trying to operate from, uh, both <laughs> getting to a dynasty phase and maintaining is uh, is a hell of a challenge. All right, we will pause here to thank our friends at Madison Social and for the Table Restaurant Group, as we've mentioned in, in very previous podcast. We just, uh, we plead that you find any way possible to support the people who do so much to enhance the experience that is being a Florida State Athletic fan, and uh, whether that's order and takeaway, uh, whether that's buying a gift card for future use, whether that's order and merchandise, uh, they're great people. They've been with us since the beginning. They were instrumental in us transforming platforms and really being able to carve out the NOLCast to make it what it was, and uh, just a call to action. If you can support them in any way possible, uh, it would it would mean an awful lot from from both
1: of us. I, I know they've been touched by NOLCast fans who have ordered, you know, gift cards and and T-shirts from you know, from across the country, right? And, and they're not people that are going to use that within the next month, but they, they know Mad so is going to be back and better than ever, right? Once all this is over, and, and we believe that too. And helping support them uh, during this time is, is something to do for sure, and uh, we, we strongly recommend it. So we didn't really an- answer what can Florida State do in the next three seasons to, uh, to get to that level. Well, uh, donations, donations, donations. Find a generational quarterback who can sort of bridge the gap and, and get you to sort of that, you know, that ten win level as opposed to that eight win level, right? Like find the guy who's legitimately worth like two wins over replacement level at the quarterback position. That's really the one spot that, that can that can change your fortunes, you know, like like a Johnny Manziel type guy, except maybe without some of the off field stuff.
0: Go get you Deshaun Watson. I mean that that's the type of get that's the type of win you got to get on the recruiting trail.
1: Exactly. Have the kid who when you lose Taj Boyd. All of a sudden, you improve. All right. Uh, so is it Lulio? I, I I copied it over, so I guess so. Uh, that's an interesting... Uh, I thought it was Julio, but it's, it's Lulio. Okay. Awesome. Uh, thinking about the different elements that constitute the entirety of the football organization, for instance, recruiting, digital, social, etc. Can you walk through how, how you think coronavirus is poised to impact each of those elements? What parts of the organization are completely stalled, somewhat impacted, and unaffected? Uh, just trying to get a sense for what is likely happening inside Dope Campbell with all the virus-caused disruptions. Thanks for the awesome show. Well, I Lulu, uh, very much appreciate you supporting the NOLCast, and, and this is kind of a cool question we can break down uh, in depth. So, and I've actually had conversations with people over there so, very recently, so I feel pretty good to talk about this. So, your your main elements, right? So we'll start with recruiting. Um, recruiting right now, what what is still going on? Prospect evaluation based on film. I guarantee you that they are doubling back and trying to take a, a harder look at some guys who may have flashed, uh, in camp so far this year. We've had only like two major camps in, in, in the Southeast, really, but, um, you know, the Florida and the Miami Under Armour camps and maybe some other minor camps. So they're going to go back and they're going to watch that camp film if they have access to it. And I, I think Florida State's a subscriber to, to the service that runs the Under Armour camps. And uh, they're going to go back and if they like the kid in the camp or if the kid ran a really good time at that camp, they're going to go back and they're going to grind his film as much as possible. And they're going to say, hey, like, did we miss something on this guy? Like, is he maybe better than we think? Bec- and, and a lot of these guys are going to be doing this from home, obviously, because the you know, the limited staffing in the office. So that, that that's going on as far as the evaluation side. Then they're going to be reading message boards and 247sports.com to see What are these kids saying about us, right? Like, can we try to reevaluate where we stand with some of these dudes? Like, they're going to try and determine, even more so than normal, like, is this guy actually going to shut his recruitment down before all this coronavirus stuff is done? Or is he going to be a kid who might want to go the distance now? Some of these kids are going to go ahead and commit, Ingram, before they even take official visits now. Uh, And these are kids who had planned to take spring officials. Now, spring officials are basically out the door, in my opinion. Like, it's not happening right now. And Florida State was a team that was going to use spring officials as a tool as well. I, I confirmed that when I was at the luncheon. The last staff did not really like like the idea of using spring officials. I, I know some staffs like it, some staffs don't. That's just kind of a, a thing. I, I spoke to one of the coaches and he was like, look, for us, we're not going to push spring officials. But like, if the kid is in, in, in the point in this process where he feels like he's ready to take an official with us and he wants to take it in the spring, we'll set that up for him. So I think they're going to have to look and say, which kids can they still be in it for in the fall and which kids are they perhaps not going to be able to make up enough ground on before the kid decides to make it like an April, you know, or a May decision. They're also going to have to kind of figure out, okay, like let's postpone these kids officials for the spring and push them to the fall. That's mainly what recruiting is doing right now. Now, recruiting digital slash social as a team, uh, they are sending out graphics to kids constantly and there's a whole lot of kids i mean they're they, they send hundreds of graphics a day out to kids they, they'll find any reason right to send a graphic to a kid it's like happy arbor day go Knowles. right when, when is arbor day i mean i don't i don't know but like i think it's april 22nd okay perfect so they, these kids might get an arbor day graphic with, with, with the knoll head on there i mean as long as it's not you know martin Luther king jr we're, we're in the wearing the vapor gloves uh
0: i was gonna say with the last staff 50 50 chance we got a graphic with coronavirus on it, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I, I I thought about that the other day. Um, I was like, how would they have screwed this up?
0: April 24th is Arbor Day for all of you who are out there keeping score.
1: So, they have to be creative in in the reasons to send these kids graphics, right? So, basically, anybody who went up or like not down, obviously, in the rankings, but anybody who went up and then in their most recent rankings who's a target, they're going to get it, they're going to get a graphic. Congrats on moving up and being a four star in the twenty four seven sports rankings or rivals or whomever, right? Like that that's a reason for a graphic. What they don't have is like the ability to send, hey, good luck on your first week week of spring practice, go Knowles, good luck in your second week, good luck in your spring game against insert team here type graphics. And like these kids love these custom edits that they get, right? I mean, it's just a thing. If you're a forty year old guy, you're probably like, wait, what? Like they're sending me a graphic, you know, several times a week, that's kind of annoying. If, you know, if you're a kid, it's a little bit different. So that that's what's happening right now with with digital social. Now, part of that as well is basically just like recruiting marketing. They'll also start to send out letters to kids a um, little more kind of hard information as opposed to just the the flash of the graphics. That I believe that's already going on. Um, and I know a lot of schools do it already. So that 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 should be happening as well. As far as the recruiting side of things. A lot of it is largely unaffected. However, there's a pretty huge chunk that is affected, and that is all the in-person stuff. Right now, we are in a quiet period, according according to the original NCAA calendar. Quiet period means you can have kids on your campus to visit. You cannot go off your campus to visit them. That's basically what it means. Coming up, we, will, we would have been in an evaluation period. Evaluation period is almost exactly what it sounds like. Unlimited contact. You can contact the kid in person. You can go to his school and talk to him. You can go watch him work out, all that kind of stuff. And you can have the kid on your campus. You can work him out during during your summer camps and whatnot. All of that stuff's dead right now. So we got to think about the opportunities that these coaches do not have to evaluate these kids in person now. So they're not going to be able to see what this kid actually looks like in, in 3D. Or, or like when you see the guy in person, you're like, he's got some size to him, right? Like he's got an ass on him. Like it, you're not going to be able to see that as much now. You're also going to have a really difficult time making a, making the evaluation as far as, like, you generally know kind of what a kid's competition level is like, you know, and you say, okay, like, he's he's running past this team, he's running past this team, but you don't really know, and so you're not going to be able to get, see the kid in spring ball and, and see what he, what he looks like in person. You're also not going to get any kind of verified times from camps and combines, which is a huge problem now. I think Florida State's actually a little bit in a good spot here because they're one of the schools that recruits Florida so heavily. We already had you know, two major Florida camps, whereas some schools are in regions that have not had any major camps so far, and they have no verified times on these guys. Additionally, track season everywhere throughout high school is almost totally canceled. So you're not going to have any verified times and measurements on the kids in track season. So, I mean, your chances for evaluation now have gone way down, way down. A lot of coaches out there are kind of balancing this idea. Like, a, they don't want to give up their, and this is not just for state thing, but like all over. What I'm hearing from coaches is because I, I floated the idea of why don't we open up the end of July and 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 you know some August and make it like an evaluation period and allow camps and and times like that and allow coaches to visit you know spring football at the high school or you know summer, not spring football, but like the start of fall camp at the high school level for evaluation purposes. And what I got back was, man, that's really like our only time of the year we can take vacation with our families. So I don't know if coaches are really going to be pushing for that. But at the same time, like that's kind of their chance for evaluation here. We have no idea if you're going to have a camp at Florida State this summer. I mean, like at this point, I I don't know, man. Like they're talking about starting MLB maybe in, in late June. What do you think the chances are they have summer camps at Florida State this year for evaluation? Purposes? Less than 35%.
0: It's going to be a real
1: challenge. And I put you in a tough spot there to, I mean, I don't know how we even put a number on that. I probably should, like, that's not really a fair question to ask you. There's a real challenge of evaluation. So that, uh, on the recruiting side of things, is huge um, as far as a negative. And then you're not having anybody visit campus at all. So you better be damn convincing on the phone, right, and and on the uh on the DMs, because you are not able to see these kids in person at all, so that does kind of hamper your ability to create some of these relationships. Um, the schools that are creative as far as their their digital team will be able to send out videos and uh, and kind of explain what their campus looks like, which is something I think Florida State should be able to do um, fairly well. But yeah, that that's kind of what's going on there as far as training, um, like some uh, like the, like the training staff, medical staff. I did hear some kids that stuck around campus who are rehabbing injuries. We'll see. That's certainly a major concern of mine with some guys who, who need to be in shape uh, and are rehabbing injuries, you know, from that, that they had like spring or, or fall surgeries on. Uh, but I don't know if they're still going to be around now when they went to totally online classes. Uh, who knows about that? Coaches wise, there's no reason for coaches to leave town really. Although, if they're working digitally, I mean, there's no real reason they, they can't just do it from a laptop uh, anywhere. But my, my guess is they would mostly just stay in town. Social media department should be able to run almost entirely remotely, I would think. The only thing is, like, you, you don't have the ability to shoot stuff now, which is the only real reason you have to be on campus. So maybe you do one-on-one interviews with guys and, and you have office access still to allow them to come in and shoot some cool features or whatever but it, it's definitely a disruption to social in terms of the ability to create content because there's not like new events to create content around, but good social teams get creative and, and they, they find ways. Uh, and I've seen good social teams and, and bad social teams, uh, in, in my time at SP nation, that's something they should be able to do. And I think their social team is better now uh, than it was last year, as we previously discussed.
0: All right. So, uh, Next question comes from Kyle. Kyle writes uh, that he took a peep at the updated top uh, 24 7 rankings for the class of 2022 and apart from the obvious joy of seeing travis hunter at number 10 it looks like florida state's well placed for a few other elite prospects if norvell and co can go eight and four better this season would it be hyperbole for florida state uh to have expectations to bring in a monster class next year top five top three how good of a season do we need to have for us to break clemson and the sec stranglehold at the top Ah man okay it's an interesting question here so we're talking about how
1: good of a season does Florida need to have in 2020 in order to sign a monster 2022 class, which would be Mike Norvell's second full class. Although, I mean, now, gosh, like, are we even going to count this as a full class? I guess you technically have to, but yeah, I, I think if you go eight and four or better, that means that you're probably going to have a pretty good chance to get to nine and four by winning a bowl game. And if you if you do that, I don't think it's crazy to think you could bring in a quote unquote monster class is pretty good uh, for 2022. Top three, kind of doubt it right now, like in, until I see facilities and, and things like that and, and overall uh, staff size commitment. Uh, no, I, I don't see Florida State recruiting in the top three level. If they go eight and forward this year and parlay it with a big time 2021 season, could they finish in the top five for 2022 recruiting? I, yeah, I think it's possible. But they would, I think they would need both those elements, right? A a fast start that gets some, gets some hype in 2020 and then following it up with a big time 2021 season. Uh, I don't really see either of those things happening at this, at this current time, which is why I believe this, this will be a more slower build and more of kind of a defined rebuild. But yeah, I, I think that's, it's not crazy to think they could
0: sneak in the top five. Top three to me is a no go. Yeah, top five would be the benchmark. Top three, there's just too many programs out there that if it's Florida State and program Y, Florida State's not going to win. If it's Florida State and program X, Florida State's probably not going to win. Especially
1: how LSU stepped it stepped up the game now with, with the analysts and what uh, Georgia,
0: Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Ohio State. There's and and depends on where you are. Otherwise, Oklahoma likes to stick their toes in different places. Um, yeah, it's it's a real challenge. So uh, and not to mention a School in the Upstate of South Carolina right now.
1: Yeah, offering like twenty seven guys and signing twenty four of them. Are, yeah, all right. I want to pause and thank Resolution Home Loans with our friend Shannon Young and Chad. Shannon Young's best loan guy in the business. He's treated me well twice now, but both for my home and then also for my refi, uh, which I think seven NOLCAST listeners actually managed to get their refis uh, done and completed already as of uh, as of like midweek last week. And Shannon said he had about seventy calls. From that, of course, some people didn't make their minds up fast enough and rates jumped a little bit. If you're one of those people, Shannon's told me he's not forgotten about you. Maybe you decided that it wasn't the right time to go with it. Maybe I want to meet the other six of y'all who decided to, to, to jump in on it and, and get it done right then. That's the kind of personal service Shannon's going to give you, right? When you call 844FSU loan or you go to, for, go to fsuhomeloans.com you're going to get hooked up with the best loan guys in the business. When rates drop again, they'll give you a shout, right? If you have any kind of loan questions you might have for them, there's a lot of uncertainty in this time right now, especially in the mortgage space, give them a call. Shannon will be happy to talk with you and
0: they're proud supporters of the NoCast. Kerry uh, says, let's go worst case scenario, okay. If COVID nineteen sticks around, we already the, done that. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if it sticks around through the end of the summer and it probably won't, well, how do you think it'll impact the landscape of college fall athletics? A lot of this stuff we've touched on. I will, I will just say this: like I've been worried about uh, this virus for a long time. A lot of my friends were calling me, you know, Corona Boy up until about two or three weeks ago when, when it became a big deal. Um, so I certainly. I'm not trying to be dismissive of this, but at, at some point we can't just like shut down for forever. You know, like you're gonna there. There's gonna come a, a point where the economic impact of all of this is is worse than what we were looking at uh, with the disease, and I, and I don't just mean that like a pure money. I mean when you have a rapidly deteriorating economy, then there's a lot of bad health consequences and things that come out of that as well. So um, I do think that that college football will be something that's seen. Um, will it necessarily be seen in quite its full pageantry and glory? That may be a better question, but there's there's so much that's reliant upon this. And again, I'm not trying to boil this down strictly to numbers, but look at CBS. CBS just lost the tournament, and they just lost the Masters those are two of the biggest content uh highest pieces of content on all of television. I'm very confident that the college football season will take place. Um now is there going to be 106,000 people in Bryant Denny Stadium uh that may be, you know, that may be the thing that in my opinion is is more impacted.
1: Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I I don't know. I think we will have college football in calendar year 2020. Is it going to start on time? I I don't know. Is it going to have fans in the stands? I'm I'm not sure. I agree with you, man. Like this, this can't go on forever, oh, man. This is tough, and I I wonder how many coaches out there even realize like there's a chance the season doesn't get played.
0: You know, I think the best thing is for would be for a college football coach to be like, hey, if if everybody will just take this social distancing stuff seriously for six weeks. It's a hell of a lot better chance that you have football come first week of September. Dan Wolken uh, literally wrote that column tonight. Oh, did he? Okay, well, good, good for Dan. He
1: comments on everything. I love Dan, but like, <laughs> he's gonna... oh man! All right, if you're willing to comment on everything, you never run out of content, right?
0: <laughs> uh, final question of Have uh, you seen the Co Show? Uh, the, the Coach Roger on video um I saw he's he had gotten involved I haven't I haven't seen uh exactly his message no it's pretty good it's like
1: it's cold hole for like coronavirus all right first step wash your hands 20 seconds finish the drill wash the hands all the way like it, it's it's pretty good I, I've been you know obviously my wife went to lSU so I, I've been kind of instructing her on her hand washing good yeah
0: in that voice um, I hope I hope yes yeah. oh of course yeah, yeah. uh so I'm sure that is a marital bliss as your comment on her hand washing technique. All right, Ingram, we obviously live in pretty stressful times,
1: and now we're going to pause to thank our friend Travis Johnson of the Metter and Johnson firm. Travis Johnson is a board certified family law attorney with over a decade of experience in the field of family law, so whether that's divorce, issues dividing property, questions about alimony. Maybe you just have some questions about family law in general. Pretty stressful situations right now. You might need a family law attorney. You can reach Travis at eight five oh. 435 9919. That's 850 435 9919. That's a Tallahassee local number in the panhandle, but Travis has cases throughout the state. Take the number down. You may not need it today. You may need it in the future. 850 435 9919. If you have a family law matter, you want to make sure you have an expert.
0: That's Travis Johnson. Blake Reader asks How do grad transfers who don't complete their master's program before leaving the team? Uh, impact the APR? Does the exhaustion of the player's number of eligible years change how the NCA views them? You know, I've never even thought about that. It's a really good question. I don't think Golson
1: his degree, right? Because he basically left the team like halfway through the year for a time. I don't. I don't think it impacts it. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I'll I'll do some some asking around on this. We we, we know somebody who deals with this, so I'll I'll, I'll text her. And, uh, and and ask, Blake. That's a good question. I, I'm not usually stumped on these. Like sometimes I can tell you, like I can't answer that because it's it's just not knowable. But I, I do you, you remember
0: anybody saying anything about about center, or those guys who not finishing? I don't. Uh, I don't think it negatively impacts the APR. I, w- I was actually talking with a a guy who coaches at Southern about something similar to this. I don't know that for sure, but my my opinion is that you are not dinged if that if that takes place. I, I think that makes sense, too. Uh, we, can, uh, we can certainly follow up on that and get you confirmation of it, Blake, but uh, appreciate the question. and Hey, look, thank you to, uh, to all our patrons and, and the questions uh, that we got uh, for these two shows. Uh, been fantastic. Certainly are trying to do as many supportive things uh, for people as possible, and the patrons who support us uh, are playing a, a massive role in that. So uh, we thank you. Uh, Bud, enjoyed doing this. Enjoyed being able to get back, put one of these together. Great to hear you. Uh, you know, damn near back to normal, and uh, hopefully our listeners were uh, were able to put this on. And certainly, we talked about uh, coronavirus, but uh, maybe it was a partial escape for for people in a in a world that is certainly wild and bizarre right now. No doubt,
1: man. And look, y'all uh, keep submitting those questions. We, we we love having a discussion with you. We're trying to keep this light, you know, as fun as possible. Sorry the uh, sorry about episode one's kind of uh, negative start, but I think we had some fun throughout these two shows, and uh, well, hell, I, I'd like to try to do two a week if we can, if, if we don't run out of, uh, if we don't run out of ideas, so uh, nothing is too off the wall right now to suggest, we may not actually go with it, but uh, I mean, whatever y'all want us to discuss, we will, I know somebody threw out uh, gambling implications of coronavirus, and uh, all I will tell you is, uh, just maybe follow the markets and the political markets. And, and there's not a whole lot you can wager on. So if you pull up your menu, you can kind of figure out what I'm talking about there. But uh, on places where you can bet on elections, certainly that might be worth a look. And uh, we appreciate everybody trying to guess. Uh, was I Bain? Was I Barry White? Was I in the Witness Protection Program? Was I on Gangland? Um, there were some pretty good pretty good comparisons there for the voice last time. So I, I enjoyed that there. On Twitter, again, follow us at KnollCast. Uh, Gmail is KnollCast at gmail.com. And five stars on iTunes if you all have some free time. And I understand if you don't, because obviously a lot of y'all are working from home and your kids are home. So, awesome. Thank you, teachers.
0: This has been the KnollCast. The KnollCast is created and hosted by Bud Elliott and Ingram Smith. Music by Judson Wright. And produced by Justin Robinson. Go
1: Knowles.